This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, good evening. I practiced all day not to say good morning. (laughs) Uh, My name is Jen Barker, and I um, have the privilege and the honor to serve here um, on staff at Vortex. Man, wasn't worship great? I mean, I'm over there on my knees crying my eyeballs out, so if it looks like I have, I have been. Um, But no, I am really excited to be here tonight. One, um, because we serve an amazing pastor who knows um, that rest is important. Um, And he leads the way in that. He works really hard, but this week um, he intentionally built out in some time to rest. Um, And so that's why you have me tonight and not him. But I'm super thankful that he's able to get away, to recharge, to be around other pastors that can breathe um, new life into him. And um, just to be able to have a chance to spend some time with the Holy Spirit alone. Um, And I think it's intentional, too, because of what God is doing in our church. Like uh, Sunday, we now become one church in two locations, which I know it is so awesome. Um, We are just really humbled to see the growth that God uh, is doing at Vortex, not only with filling seats, but also positions. He's um, granted us with leaders who are stepping up and volunteers who are shouldering the vision and the mission of Vortex. And really, y'all, it is not about seeing Vortex get bigger. It's really about seeing heaven get bigger. And so we are dedicated to that, and we are going to do whatever God has called us to do uh, to do it. And I'm just so thankful to have you guys along for the ride. Um, But we're going to go ahead and switch gears. The Lord has had me in Psalm 23 a lot over the years. It's kind of that dark night of the soul. And so when Pastor Kevin asked, hey, you get to, to teach on anything you want to, Um, I kept praying and I kept praying and I kept coming back to that. Maybe because I'm a little bit in a dark night of the soul. Um, I have had struggled with back pain um, over the last year. Many of you know that. I know Amanda does. Pastor Kevin does. Um, But I'm in one of those seasons where it's not going so well. Um, And so this has been a verse that I have just hung on to. Um, And so I'm hoping that it will bring you some hope tonight um, and maybe some clarity to the purpose of your pain, and if you will, just for a minute, just stand up um, as we want to honor the reading of God's word tonight. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. 
Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I hear amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement and the instruction and the wisdom that it gives us. And God, I just pray right now that in the next few moments that we spend together that, um, Lord, you just help me to lead others to you, God. You are our good shepherd, and you are here to comfort us and to bring us peace and hope. And so, Lord, in these moments, we just invite your Holy Spirit to do just that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may have a seat. So Psalm 23, if you don't know, was written by King David um, when he was king. I don't know if this is historically correct or not, but I just imagine him like sitting in his chamber, just writing um, the words of this poem out And um, as he was king, but he was actually taking it from all the experiences that he had had in life. And it's interesting, uh, or it's not, inter- it's not surprising that he's talking about his time as a shepherd boy. He was actually called to be king while he was still tending his father's flock of sheep. Psalm 23 is actually the most quoted psalm out of all the 150 chapters. You probably might even have it on your wall in your house or some part of it. Um, It's oftentimes quoted at funerals. It's referenced in movies. Um, It shows up in music lyrics. I don't know if I have any Coolio fans. Um, God rest in peace if that is where he is. But as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Okay, I'll stop there. So 3,000 years later, we are singing parts or all of this song. I don't know in 3,000 years if we'll be singing Taylor Swift's lyrics, but it just shows the timeless truths that are found in what David penned. And the imagery in this psalm, it, it describes the relationship. It's the relationship that David had with his shepherd, with his Lord. It shows how a shepherd cares for his sheep. Now, do any of you have sheep? We, we live in the country, so I don't know. I don't have sheep. I have learned a lot about sheep as I've been studying this, um, this psalm. But here's what I do know after studying is that sheep are the only animal without a defense mechanism. Uh, I mean, think you're like, really, Jen? Like cats, they have a defense mechanism. Yeah, they're claws until you have them declawed, and then they're just pointless, so I don't know what you want to say about that as a pet. But anyway, um, they also are not very smart. They have really keen senses, so when they hear something or see something, they have two modes. They either run for their life or they freeze in their tracks. Sheep are also prone to wonder off track. They're easily distracted. I feel like I can relate to this. Very easily distracted. But sheep need a shepherd, y'all, for all of those reasons. I want you to meet Barak. My picture, 
I think it's actually Barak. It's really spelled with two A's. I'm not lying there. But poor Barak. Um, so uh, Barak was found wandering in a forest back in 2021 in Australia. We don't know how long he had wandered, but it was for a really long time because here's what they found out. He once belonged to a shepherd. They know that because they found his ear torn where the tether where shepherds would often tether their sheep to either the flock or to themselves to keep them from wandering away. But his hair had gotten so long and so matted that it had torn the tether out. We also know that he was malnourished. So even though his coat was super heavy, as you saw, he wasn't eating properly. Uh, The wool around his face had grown so thick and gotten so matted with debris and trash that it actually started to cover the film, the, the tops of his eyes. He couldn't see. And then a, a grass seed had gotten stuck in the cornea and an ulcer had started to form around it. As they started shaving his wool, they found rocks and sticks and his coat After they got it all off, they weighed it in. It came in at 78 pounds. This was astonishing. So much so that that TikTok um, decided to make a story out of it. And there was videos worldwide gained national attention. And here's what USA Today said. While the large fleece has drawn international interest, this is no title to covet as it amounts to being the most neglected sheep in the world. So I have a comparison picture here of what Barak Barak looked like before and then after. I love that they put a little blue coat on them. So cute. but here's the, here's the idea. Like, sheep need a shepherd, and what I want to... Um, to get across to you today is that we're the same way. We need a shepherd. We have an enemy whose main goal is to kill, steal, and destroy the plans that God has for us. And guess what? You know how he does it? It's the same way that he does it with the sheep. It's fear. Now, our fears aren't dressed up as a bear with claws. Instead, they hide inside us and how we respond to everyday life. Think about it. We're fear, fearful of being alone. We're fearful of being abandoned. We're fearful of failing or financial loss or getting sick of sick. We're fear of disappointment. We're fearful that we're not going to be good enough. And we're a lot like Barak, that instead of running towards the care of our shepherd, we're going to run away from the truth and from, from the shepherd that can save us. You see, that reaction will only lead us to a wilderness, and before we know it, we're wandering around with 78 pounds of sin on our back, with wool in our eyes and, and dirt and gobbled up by the enemy. But, there's a but, there's good news. 
It doesn't have to be this way. We have Jesus. And in John 10, 11, he declares, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Y'all, that's good news. Christ has already won the battle for us. We can go into this with hope. And so over the next few minutes, I want you to understand why we need a shepherd and why you can live with that hope to run to him instead of in the opposite direction. Number one in your notes is the shepherd leads us to rest. The shepherd leads us to rest. What I found out in all my studies is that sheep, they're not going to eat or drink if they are worried or feel threatened about something. And so the shepherd knows this and will do everything that he can do to get them to rest. So I want to take you back through the scriptures a little bit of what David said. In, in the second verse, he said, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Y'all, sheep are so easily alarmed that they're going to run at the sound, the smallest sound. And so shepherds will actually sense this and they'll catch, catch them and they'll gently put them down on the ground and firmly make them lay down. And this, the distraction, it's food. They put them in a pasture of food to eat so that they won't be afraid of whatever that noise is. And so I want to ask you, how often are, do we get afraid of something and we run in the opposite direction? And maybe we run to whatever, you know, our social media, our phones, or that drink, or whatever that show is on Netflix, when the reality is, is that God just wants us to lay down and feed on his word and the promises that we find in it. It also says that he leads me beside still waters. Did you know that the sound of running water will actually scare a sheep away? Kind of hard to get them to drink if they hear water running. So in order to do that, the shepherd knows it. The shepherd already anticipates it. He finds the source of water and he will cut out a trench to another place where the sound's not going to bother him and then let the pool of water, let them drink from the pool of water. And as I was reading that, I was like, wow. I think about that verse, that Jesus is the living water, that as, as it bubbles up, it's a fresh spring of life to us. We run to the, the living water. We don't run from it. He allows us to do that because he leads us in the calmness of the still waters and then it says he restores my soul <laughs> I don't know about you but I think about Barack running around with 78 pounds of wool on his back he probably was not running around um, in fact I found out that if a sheep falls over a lot of times they can't get back up um, and so unfortunately it's, it's so sad but they'll die um, Brian was talking when I was telling him about all this he was like man it's like God created them just to be food like, their main goal in life is to be eaten or to, you know, for our socks. Um, but, no, I think about that. Like, how often are we weighed down 
with the stresses of life. Maybe um, it's high expectations. You know, I even think as believers, like part of what God's called us to do is serve, to be generous. But because we've stuffed our schedules so full of other things to do, serving no longer feels like I, I get to do this. It feels like I have to do this. That's not what it was meant for. It was meant to restore our soul. But all the lies that the enemy has told us, we keep believing that we have to live for all these other things. And really, God just wants us to rest in Him. If, if this sounds familiar to you, let me just lead you to the words of Jesus. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Y'all, God designed us to depend on him for everything. I mean, he even made rest a priority in the garden after he created everything. Not because he needed it, because he wanted to show us that we can rest. We can trust him. And so if you find yourself in a season of restlessness, I just want to encourage you. Don't run the opposite way. Don't get paralyzed by it. Instead, get close to your shepherd. Spend some time in God's word Get away from the noises of life and just spend time in prayer with him. Our proximity to the shepherd will determine our ability to rest. Proximity to the shepherd determines your ability to rest. And I, I want to be honest with you, this is especially true in hard seasons. You know, in, um, in the psalm, he talks about the valleys, the valleys of the shadow. I know you don't want me to go back through and sing it. I'm sorry. But hear me out. Number, number two in your notes, the shepherd leads us to comfort in the valleys. The shepherd leads us to comfort in the valleys. Y'all, valleys are going to come. You're either about to go in one, you're in one, or you're going to be preparing for the next one. And I want you to understand that Jesus doesn't promise a world without troubles just because we believe in him. Instead, he promises us that we're going to have valleys. We're going to have troubles. But he says he's going to go with us in those valleys. Jesus said himself, John 16, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart because I have overcome the world. Again, this is good news. We can march into that valley with hope, knowing that we have a Savior that is going to be there with us the whole way. Because think about it, when you're in a valley, you have no choice but to look up. You have no choice to look up, but we have to stay close. And what I'm learning through this valley of back pain is that if closeness to the shepherd is the goal, then the valley is actually the advantage. It's not a disadvantage. 
Because think about it, when you're at the mountaintop, you don't think about anything else but yourself. Woohoo! I made it! But in the valley, you're struggling. You need someone to pull you out. You need somebody to go to. You know, this was actually true geographically for David. So he's talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And really, the sheep were closest to their predators in the valley. Because it was the place where uh, their, their predators would hide out behind um, rocks or around corners or in caves. And so while their predators are really close, guess who's closer? The shepherd. The shepherd is close. Think about David. He couldn't have killed the lion or the bear if he'd been far away from his flock. He was right there, ready to protect them, ready to comfort them. The purpose of being close to the shepherd during the valley is so that he can comfort us. He can tell us it's going to be okay and remind us why we're going through it. You might ask, well, how close do we need to be? I mean, this, this isn't stranger close, y'all. This is daddy close. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maddie. <laughs> this is like best friend close. You need to be really close, like a parent, a kid to their dad. That's where I was going with them that, all right? You're so close, you're afraid of something. You want to be close to your dad. You want to be close to the one that's going to give you comfort. So I'm a grammar nerd here, and I know that you want to be close, and I know that you want to be so close that you can talk to him because this is what happens in the, in the psalm. There's a pronoun switch. In the verses in 1 and 2, David is actually talking about God. He says, he leads me, he restores me, he guides me. But then in verses 4 and 5, it switches. He says, for you are with me. He's talking to his father. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, he's no longer talking about God. He's talking to God. We need to be so close, close that we're talking to our shepherd in the valley. But we also need to be close for him to use the tools of power. Those tools of power are the rod and the staff. Now, again, I had no idea what a rod was. Um, so I looked it up and found out that it was like this big wooden club. And they used it to protect the sheep. They would ward off the enemies with them. And, and it was even there to correct the sheep's steps because sheep like to wander. So they would use it just to gently guide the steps of the sheep. And what I come to realize in reading that is that we have a rod. It's the Word of God. The Word of God is there to protect and to correct us when we get off course. But you're not going to know unless if you read it. The staff, another tool. I didn't know what that looks like. It's a little curved. Um, but it pulls sheep to safety. So it rescues them out of muck and mire and water or whatever it is that the sheep has gotten itself into. And y'all, this is just like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit saves us and gives us the direction that we need when we don't know where to go. And then in verse 5, we see this crazy shift from a valley, dark places, to a big banquet table. 
That's what I'm talking about. We got food. I'm excited. I've gotten through the valley, and now I'm celebrating it. But let me just read the verse. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. You see, while I thought that this was a table of food, it just so happens that David is referencing an, a, an actual meadow. So back then, and geographically again where he was, they would call um, these flat, grassy areas tables because they were surrounded by mountains. So think like tables, chairs, table, mountain following me okay Um, maybe not but anyway the sheep would would graze there and so the shepherd would oftentimes lead them there but he would go ahead and prepare the grazing space by finding these holes that snake snakes would hide into they were poisonous and so if the snakes were hiding there it would be nothing for the snake to come out and to get the sheep so what what the shepherd would do is is really neat he would pour really thick oil into those holes to protect his flock. And so that way the, the snake wouldn't come out. But then the other thing that he would do is he would, he would anoint their heads. He would pour the oil over the sheep's head so that if a snake did get a, a, out, then it would actually protect from the snake's venom actually going into the snake's head, which I just think that that symbolism is really, really need but the sheep stays close to the shepherd obviously because he trusts his shepherd the sheep tastes stay close to the shepherd because they trust him and we can stay close to the Lord in hard times because he's faithful to protect us he's faithful to bring us comfort your proximity to the shepherd determines your comfort through the valley Have you ever noticed a person who's going through a really hard time and they just seem to just keep taking that next step? Oh, found out more bad news and they take a step back. But you know what? They keep showing up and they keep taking the next step and they keep going and they keep trusting God. And yes, while circumstances suck, they're not hiding over in a hole. They're they're there praising God through the storm. You see, when we stick close to God during our storms, He changes our perspective and He brings us comfort to really bad situations. And when we stick close to God through those valleys, most oftentimes He's going to reveal later why He had us there in the first place. He's going to reveal that there was purpose behind that valley. And so number three in your notes is the shepherd leads us to fulfill our purpose. The shepherd leads us to fulfill our purpose. You know, the end of Psalm 23, I love it. Because after going through the valley and being at the table, it says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I mean, that's just like one big giant... I can breathe. Guys, our purpose is to be in, with the shepherd forever. Not just in the good times, not just in the bad times, in all the times. 
And He provides everything that we need so that we can live a life that's devoted to Him. He's going to provide everything that we need to keep us on that right path. He's going to give us rest, yes. He's going to give us comfort. He's going to give us wisdom and peace and direction, discernment. And here's the thing. When you live life close to the shepherd, others are going to see what you have, and they're going to want it too. Proximity to the shepherd determines your path and your witness to others. If you're close to the shepherd, it's going to be harder to give up. The closer you walk to the Lord and to his promises and to his truth, it's going to be harder to give up, but it's also going to be a witness to others that are watching. And so in closing, I just want you to recognize that the enemy has a voice. It sounds a lot like doubt. I mean, let's go back to the garden, to Eve. You know, did God really say you can't eat that? No, God said you can eat everything but that. He gave them complete freedom, except for the things that weren't good for them. Except for the things that they were never meant to taste in the first place. So if you have wandered off because you wanted to taste maybe something that, that really God didn't have before you, or maybe you were afraid of taking that next step, I want to encourage you tonight that we have a good shepherd. We have a good shepherd that is waiting right there. If you've wandered away, You've depended on other things. Or maybe you're even like Barak carrying those burdens that you were never intended to carry. I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit has a voice too. And Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. It's not too late. He's still the God that leaves the 99 to rescues the one. And so I want to invite you guys in a, in a minute. We're going to pray and we're going to have some staff up here to pray over you. If there is something that you have been running away from God or that you haven't surrendered to him, it's not too late. Like this is the time to do it. I want you to get honest. Whatever you're struggling with, I want you to invite you to get close to him and let him provide the freedom, the rest, the comfort, and the purpose that only he can. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.